Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I hope you're doing really well. I hope that over this past little holiday period that we've been having, that you've had a chance just to stop and reflect about what 2020 actually was. I know that for me, we got away before Christmas, and I've got to be honest with you, it felt really, really weird going away before Christmas. As a pastor, I've worked at the church here now for 15 years nearly, and it's the first time ever that I've gone away before Christmas. And so even for me, it felt a little bit odd, but it gave me a good chance to reflect on what 2020 was and what it meant to me. And I know that uh, last week when Pastor Danny shared with us, we were having a chat before the meeting and uh, we found it so amazing that what God had put on Danny's heart to share last week was very similar to what God had put on my heart to share this week. And so one thing that I do know is that when God is repeating himself, it's time for us to pay attention. Sometimes when you read the Bible, you might see the line that says, he who has ears, let, him, let them hear. This, I believe, is one of those moments. And so I'm really excited to share today. See, I don't know how you would classify 2020. Lots of words have been used to classify 2020. Many of them should not be repeated in this room. Let's face it, if 2020 was a child, we probably would have sent it to its room for a little bit of time out. I don't know how you would classify 2020. Some would say it was wasted. Some would say it was restricted that it was shut down, that it was locked down, that it was bad, that it was relentless. Many would say that 2020 was bad, but let's face it, it wasn't all bad. Just like every year, there is some bad, there is some good, and there's lots of just normal days where you just get on with the job that you need to get on with. Yet the Bible encourages us, hold on to the... Good. And so as we start 2021, let's hold on to the good that we found in 2020. Let's not think about the average. So let's not dwell on the bad, but let's hold on to the good. As I was reflecting on 2020, there was one word that kept coming to me as to how I would describe it. And it was the word defining. You see, character is who you are under pressure. Just like a toothpaste tube, you don't really know what's inside of it until it gets squeezed. And let's face it, church, 2020 put a bit of a squeeze on us. And I would say that it is defining because our plans have been mucked around. We haven't been able to do what we wanted to do. You know, as a church, we felt like we were backed into a corner when we had to pivot everything online. And yet, whilst our physical church doors may not have been open to the public, our online door reached people worldwide. You know, it's so great. I see Simon and Monique Rashik back today. 
wherever you are. Welcome from the station over in Western Australia. Great to have you guys here. You know, if it wasn't for online church, they left us in January to go to a station in the middle of nowhere. And because of online church, we're still able to join in with what we were doing here at Victory. You see, all through 2020, we have felt a loss. There actually has been a grieving process attached to 2020. Now, it's said that there are five stages of grief. There's denial, and there was plenty of that in 2020. Goes to anger. There was plenty of that in 2020. I don't like this anymore. There was some bargaining. Hey, God, if you would just stop this, I would give anything. There was certainly some depression that happened in 2020 before we've accepted what's happened. And to be honest with you, what I've witnessed is the character of Victory Church shining through. It's a defining year because in the face of much opposition, we've overcome. In the face of much uncertainty, we've brought clarity. In the face of much doubt, we've continued to shine the light of Christ into our community and pointed the community to the one who is constant in it all. For me personally, despite the restrictions, despite the frustrations, the challenges, the on again, off again, on again, off again, nature that was 2020. 2020 has actually been a really good year for me, personally. You see, when I sat down and I reflected on 2020, I looked at the goals that I'd set at the start of the year, and I'd actually met all of the goals that I'd set. They might have looked a little bit different, but I can say that I was effective in 2020. I can say that I've grown in 2020. What 2020 has taught us is that none of us are in control. We all need to have a trust and a faith in Jesus. And regardless of how you view your 2020, the reality is, is that we all have great expectations for 2021. And it's right and fitting that we have those great expectations. But my question to us today is how are you living out those great expectations right now? You see, we're only three days in and there's still lots of time. But what I know is that a vision without a plan is just a fantasy. And so... It's not enough just to have a great expectation. We need a plan that's going to bring that great expectation of 2021 into fulfillment. And that's why last week's message with Pastor Danny is so important that we get a hold of. It's online, it's available on our app or through our website. But Pastor Danny spoke about not just making New Year's resolutions, but making some non-negotiable life choices and the power that those choices have. You see, often at the start of a new year, we think of all the things that we want to do. Can I encourage you this year? Let's not think about the things we want to do. Let's think about the people that we want to be. And let's plan to become better versions 
of ourselves. Today, I want to look at three things, three great expectations that if we plan to build them into our character in 2021, we will be ensured that we are not disappointed. And to that end, I'm going to ask you if you grab your Bibles or if you use an app, that's fine. We're going to turn to 1 Corinthians 13, which will also be up on the screens behind me. 1 Corinthians 13 says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. But then we will see face to face. Now I know in part, then... I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. As I look out over the auditorium, I see husbands and wives nudging each other right now. I see many people having wedding flashbacks right now. And I understand why the language and the imagery is beautiful. But perhaps if we understood the context of this passage, it may not be used in as many weddings as it currently is. You see, the city of Corinth was particularly debauched. So much so that the noun Corinth meant the city. But not only was there a noun, but there was also a verb. You see, within the Greek language, the noun Corinth meant you went to the city of Corinth. But there was a verb, Corinthianize. And to Corinthianize was to engage in all kinds of sexual immorality. So this place was so well known for how bad it was that a word went through the entire Roman Empire, the entire Greek Empire, to describe just how bad it really was. Can you imagine what this might look like for Adelaide? Adelaide, the noun, is the place. But what might Adelaide eyes look like? 
I know it's a mouthful, isn't it? What would Adelaideize look like? What would the city of Adelaide be known for amongst Australia? How about our bad driving? Not being able to merge. Maybe that's Adelaideize. Maybe Adelaideize is actually being conservative and boring. And if you ask people from Melbourne and Sydney, that's pretty much how, exactly how they would see us, predominantly. Maybe to Adelaideize would be just to have a nice cup of tea and a lay down. And yet, Corinthianize meant to engage in all kinds of immorality. And so Paul is writing to the church, a church which is gifted but immature and unspiritual, a church full of divisions, immorality, litigation. They were getting drunk at the communion table, a church with false teachings. Let's face it, the Corinthian church was messed up. And if you're here today and you feel like your life is messed up, just like the Apostle Paul wrote to them to try to help, we're here to try to help as well. Right in the middle of two chapters on spiritual gifts and their appropriate use, Paul talks about this love that is available, this love from God. And he declares that faith, hope, and love will remain after all else ceases. And so for 2021, if we make our great expectations of this year to prioritize faith, hope, and love, I can promise you that you will not be let down this year. You see, when we talk about faith, we all have a measure of faith. You see, faith is what you believe when you don't know all the answers. When you drove here today, what did you put faith in? You put faith in white lines, traffic lights, and complete strangers. When you sat down in the auditorium today, what did you put your faith in? Some welds on a chair? Some timber? See, we all exercise a measure of faith because we don't know everything about everything. And sometimes our faith gets misplaced. Sometimes we put faith in those white lines, traffic lights, and complete strangers, and it lets us down. Sometimes we put faith in a weld and some timber on a chair, and it lets us down. But for all of us, we all exercise faith in something. And the Apostle Paul was talking about putting your faith in God. Can I encourage you this week, read Hebrews 11. It's known as the faith chapter. And the whole chapter talks about what people in the past did by faith and the result that they saw. But in Hebrews 11 verse 1, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. 
And it goes on in verse 6 to say, and with, without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You see, as I read those verses, one thing that stands out to me is that faith is present tense. Faith is all about what do you believe right now? You see, do you believe that God loves you right now as you are? Because if you do, that's part of your faith. Do you believe that God wants the best for you and will use all situations and circumstances for your good? If you do, it's part of your faith. Do you believe that God heals today? Do you know what? I do. I believe that God heals today. I have faith that God heals today. If you have faith that God heals today, I just want to take a moment right now. If you have faith that God heals today and you need healing, it is available. It's not guaranteed, but it is available. And so right here, right now, if you are needing healing, I've got faith for it. If you've got faith for it, let's pray right now. Father God, for all those in need of healing right now, Holy Spirit, won't you come and touch the bodies that are in need? Holy Spirit, won't you write what is wrong in these bodies for your glory? We see throughout both the Old Testament and the New Testament, God, that you've made healing available to your people. And so we call that down in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, won't you come? and work in our physical bodies today. Amen. Do you believe that Jesus is God, that he died to pay our debt so that we can be reconciled to God the Father? If you do, it's part of your faith. And most people in this room would believe that. But I know that in this room, there are some who are still working that out, and that's okay. We're so glad that you are here we welcome your questions. Please come and find us, find someone that you came with, and make sure you ask the questions that you have. It's not a blind faith. I'm not asking you to believe it just because I say it. In fact, no one who stands on this platform asks you to believe it just because we say it. The Bible actually says, take everything that you hear and weigh it up. If it lines up with Scripture take it on. If it doesn't line up with Scripture, reject it. It's not a blind faith. I'm not trying to lead you here. I'm just trying to point towards the Bible, point towards Jesus, who can do so much more than I can. See, it's the role of the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. And so ask. It's not a blind faith because it's based on what God has done in the past and the promise that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's not a blind faith because if he did it then, he can do it now. Within the Bible, there are some 2,500 prophetic words that are recorded. Most scholars would say that around 2,000 of them have already been fulfilled. 
It's not a blind faith because I can stand on a confidence. I can stand on an assurance that 2,000 of 2,500 prophetic words are already done. And so therefore, that gives me the faith that I need in the present right here and right now. Because faith is what you believe right now, there is an opportunity to increase your faith. How? We learn. And there's multiple opportunities for that to happen. We read, we study, we discuss, we ask questions, all opportunities of learning which help grow our faith now. Maybe at the start of this year, it's time to start a new devotional. You know, there's lots of them around. There's lots online. There's some in our resource center. And by starting a devotional, it may help build your faith. Maybe it's time to start journaling this year, recording down what God is saying. And then as things come to pass, you can look back and see the goodness of God in your life. How do we build our faith? Put yourself into situations that make you grow. Ask God for opportunities and then act. Look for that random thought or the thought that is smarter than you are and follow through on it. Position yourself to hear from God. You know, for me personally, I know that God speaks to me loudest in two places. One, when I'm in the shower. Sorry for the visual. God speaks to me when I'm in the shower. It's just that relaxed state that you get in when you're in the shower. And so for me, that means that I need to make sure that I spend a little bit longer in the shower. I'm claiming it, all right? Right or wrong, that's what I'm claiming. I would rather pay the extra water bill and hear from God than be clean but miss him. The second place God speaks to me is that when I'm remote, when I'm away from everything else, when I'm in my deck chair with a campfire sitting under the stars, it's just a place where I know, personally for me, that's more likely where I'm going to hear from God. And it's different for everyone. But can I encourage you? Find what it is for you. Do not leave here going, all oh, right, so I've got to go camping and I've got to have longer showers because that's where God's going to... No, that's what works for me. Find what works for you and position yourself in that place so that you can hear from God and therefore build your faith. The second thing that the Apostle Paul says that will last forever is hope. Now, I don't think that our modern English does a really good job of helping us with what hope actually is. But for me, according to the Bennett Dictionary, I would say that faith is present tense. What are you believing right now? And hope is future tense. What are you believing for your future? And for a great message on hope, I would encourage you, in August this year, Pastor Paul DeYoung spoke a message just on hope. 
and he will be able to do it far more justice than I can do today. And so I'd encourage you again, look at Pastor Paul's message on hope. But what I want to do today regarding hope is just give you a practical story. And I want to talk a little bit to you about my grandpa. You see, when I was growing up on the farm, my grandpa had a farm about five kilometers away. Now, my grandpa loved farming. I didn't. As soon as I was 18, finished school, I moved. But my grandpa loved farming, so much so that he farmed up until the age of 80. Now, if I can just ask Wes Allen to stand, Wes is just over here. If you're wondering what a fine example of 80 looks like, this is Wes. Now, my grandpa at the time didn't look much different to Wes. Similar hair colour, similar stature, similar build. So my grandfather was farming until 80. Thanks, Wes. And I've got to be honest with you, whilst he was farming until he was 80, it was actually pretty dangerous. He loved farming, good on him. But everything was held together with baling twine, wire, and very poor welding, if you could call it welding. And nothing seemed to work right on Grandpa's farm. Everything had a dodgy workaround to make Grandpa's farm work. Even the trusty ute had dodgy workarounds to it. You see, Grandpa's old ute, and he loved his ute, Grandpa's old ute would never idle properly. And so when he went to feed his sheep, he'd put hay in the back of the ute, and quite literally... He would set the ute going in gear and stand on the back of the ute to throw the hay off for the sheep. But because the ute didn't run properly, it needed a few revs to make it work. And so what he would do is the accelerator rod, not the pedal, the pedal vanished a long time ago. So the accelerator rod was sticking down and he'd hang a shifter on the end of the rod and then jump up on the back to feed his sheep. Well, one day there was a gust of wind and the gust of wind slammed the driver's door shut which pushed the shifter hard down on the accelerator to redline in first gear. Grandpa, in his 70s, got thrown off the back of the ute and watched it vanishing <laughs> across the paddock. And so you can imagine this probably mid-70s-year-old man running after this ute, and the way he would say it was, I might have been running at 10 kilometres an hour, but the ute was doing 15 the dog, the trusty farm dog, sitting on the back was just watching Grandpa <laughs> running after the ute. Crashed through his own fence. Ute kept going. 
burst through some bushes on the side of the road as the council truck was coming the other way, bounced straight across the road and wedged itself in the fork between two trees where it stuck spinning its back wheels at red line in first gear. Everything was a little bit dangerous on Grandpa's farm. You know what? The family tried to intervene many times and he would not have a bar of it. Many times we tried to say to him, hey, maybe it's time to settle down. No, not going to do that. Why? Because he was stubborn, definitely. He always had to have the last word. If you were in the middle of a conversation and he was in the car, he would literally start driving off and he'd shout to you out the window to make sure that he had the last word. Why did my grandpa choose to farm until he was 80? Because he had hope. He had actually watched many of his friends get to the end of their farming life and then retire and then be dead within a year. And my grandfather decided that that was not going to be him. And so as long as he could, he would farm because he had hope that it would give him a long life. And even as dangerous as the farm was, it did give him a long life. The Greek word that is trans translated here as hope is elpis. It means to anticipate, usually with pleasure, favorable and confident expectation, a forward look with assurance. My grandfather had a hope. You see, we have a saying, where there's life, there's hope. But for my grandpa, it was where there is hope, there is life. And we need to live with the same expectation that where there is hope, there is life. A favorable look forward. So how do we make sure that we keep our hope? Well, to keep your hope, feed your faith. You see, what you believe about your future is determined by what you believe about your present. Keep a positive outlook, smile, laugh, enjoy life. Because Jesus came that we may have life to the full. How do we keep hope? Do what gives you hope. I would not recommend to anyone farm until you're 80. I've seen what that looks like, but it did work for my grandfather. Because farming gave him hope. It's what he loved doing. Finally, love. Probably the most used word in the English language today. Songs, poetry, plays, movies, you name it. All about love. But I think that we're often bombarded by a skewed view of love. Because all of these things emphasize the feeling side of love. And look, there's no denying it. The feeling side of love is important. I officiated a wedding this week. There was no denying the feeling side of love that was there. But when the Apostle Paul wrote that love remains, or as other translations might say, that it endures or lasts forever, he wasn't referring to the feeling. He was talking about the unconditional, 
all-conquering, unmerited, agape love that God shows to us and that He empowers us to show to others. And this is why love is the greatest. You see, it's love that the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, shared for an eternity before time even began. And it's this love that we will share in perfectly with God when our time on earth is done. It is the love God showed in the beginning when he said, let us make mankind in our image. And it's the same love that caused God to put a plan of redemption into place through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ to deal with the sin of the world. You see, love isn't something that God does. Love is who He is. Love is part of the very character of God. And just as God does not change, His love towards us does not change either. Scripture promises us that when we come to Christ, He puts His Spirit in us, that He removes our heart of stone and He replaces it with a heart of flesh. The Apostle Paul says that without love, we are a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Without love, we are intrusive and unpleasant. Without love, we cause pain. Without love, we are nothing. I mentioned that I officiated at a wedding this week. I actually also officiated at a funeral this week. And the same celebration of love, the same agape love of God that was present at the wedding was also present at the funeral. The two ceremonies looked very different. And yet it's the same love of God that was there in both. Can I ask you today, how's your love going? Is your tank a bit dry? Because there's only one way to fill it up. This agape love of God comes from God so that we can give out to others. Spend some time with God this week and allow your love to grow. In conclusion today, we're starting 2021 with some great expectations. And as Pastor Danny spoke about last week, let's make some life-defining good decisions this year. I can tell you that the, I, the circumstances that surround your life in 2021, I've got no control over, and largely neither do you. But what I can tell you is that if you choose to invest into what will last forever, faith, hope, and love, your great expectation will be met. I'm going to ask you, would you stand today? I'm just going to pray for us, and we're just going to go back into worship. Father, we're so thankful for the very character of God, the very nature of God, that you are indeed love. Father, I pray for all of us that we may invest this year into faith, hope, and love and that we'll see 2021 being a great year despite whatever circumstances may come as we choose to invest in what remains forever. Amen.
Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 